everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Tech Unlocked podcast, the podcast where we unlock the latest tech news, leaks, and rumors in the world of tech, in particular, the world of Apple. I am one of your hosts, Benji from Benoit Tech, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow co-host, Taylor from Mr. Smartwatch. And today, we have another very special guest that we are really excited to have on the show today. We have Viper, the man about tech, the captain of Team Apple. How's it going? Woo! What's up, Benji? What's up, Mr. Smartwatch? How are you doing? How y'all doing? We live. What's going on? We are doing amazing. Thank you so much for asking. Very, um, very good. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a while since I guess we have, a, me and you at least have had a conversation uh, on the live stream or even here pre-recorded on this podcast. Um, it's great. It's great to, to catch up and to, to see you again. It's good. Indeed. All right. Feelings mutual, man. Let's do this. Awesome. Well, today we have a pretty interesting episode for you guys. We have quite a bit of news topics to talk about. So we're going to be talking a little bit about Apple. We don't have iPhone 14 news again, which is yay, because we've had that every single episode since the start, apart from the last episode as well. But we're we're going to be talking about the iPhone 15 instead. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Apple Watch Series 8 and some new leaks that have um, surfaced recently by the infamous john prosser and we also gonna be talking about an apple tv update that will be coming later on this year um we're also going to be talking a little bit about some things that apple will be working on with software within the next couple of uh months i guess with the new with new ios 16 coming out uh we're also going to be covering a little bit of google io since we weren't able to do that last episode because we recorded it like a couple hours before google io i think it was or maybe the day before i can't remember um, and we're also going to be talking a little bit about Elon Musk and more drama that's happening with him buying Twitter. So, start. oh yeah, and also after that, we're going to ask Viper a few questions if we have time. Um, so starting off with our first topic, Taylor, do you want to pull that up and introduce it for us, please? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so Bloomberg confirms Apple is testing iPhones with USB-C ports. What do you guys think? What do you think, Viper? Bruh. <laughs> we have been talking about the possibility of iPhone coming without uh, coming with a USB C port for the longest time. I'm at the point, gentlemen, I where I won't believe it until I see it, okay? There's all these leads, rumors, myths, speculation. I don't care. I want to see an iPhone with a USB type, uh, type C port. Until Tim Cook walks on that stage and says, good morning, here's an iPhone with USB Type-C, the Viper will not be convinced. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I completely I agree with you. Like, yeah. we, yeah, we've been hearing so many times, oh yeah, USB-C is coming to iPhone this year, and then renders come out, and it's like, there's no USB-C port on this thing. So we'll see. I mean, with, with what the EU is trying to do, it seems like they're trying to force Apple into doing this, uh, because mm -hmm. I think... Apple was probably just going to keep lightning until they removed the port entirely. But I guess now they're going to kind of be forced to swap. But I mean, we've heard from Ming-Chi Kuo and from Mark Gurman that this is going to be happening. They're two pretty reliable sources, but they also have both been wrong in the past. So take any yeah. leak or rumor with a grain of salt, um, including this USB-C, uh, which I mean is exciting. I, I've, I've kind of switched to more of a USB-C ecosystem in the past couple months and uh lightning is really an inconvenience at this point so 
it would be nice if the iPhone had it also. Uh, but Taylor, do you have any thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I personally, I don't know. I was on the fence about it. I mean, for a while we we were hearing um, that it was going to go to USB-C and then um, a lot of people were saying it was going to go portless. I kind of prefer USB-C over portless. Um, yes, a lot of people are already doing wireless charging, you know, with their phones and stuff. Um, but to see everything go that route, I think it's going to be a long time away. So I do think this is the right choice uh, for right now. Yeah. I think until they can figure out how to perfect MagSafe and uh, right. finding a way of getting data transfer through, I think yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but talking about USB-C, um, Ming-Chi Kuo also commented about the fact that in the foreseeable future, Apple's also planning on switching the Magic Keyboard, mouse, and trackpad, uh, the MagSafe battery pack, and pretty much any um, accessory that has Lightning right now that Apple is currently sell selling and has future plans to continue selling. Those will eventually switch to USB-C as well. Um, probably, I think it's going to happen after they switch the iPhone to USB-C. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. What, what, what are you guys' thoughts? It will be long overdue. It is well past time for Apple to have some congruency in their charging ecosystem. Why does the captain of Team Apple, who owns multiple Apple devices, have a charging? Uh, we got what inductive charging on the Apple Watch. I got a lightning port for the iPhone, a USB T, a USB C port, or a charging thing for the iPad. It's ridiculous. The Apple ecosystem is supposed to work together, but when it comes to charging your devices, it's like you're fighting each other. I should be able to take one cable yeah. on the go when I travel. But no, if I own like multiple Apple devices, I have to find multiple charging cables to be able to charge all my devices. It's annoying. It's long past time that this has changed. So I hope they come to fruition. Yeah, I do too. I, I, and I, in, a, in an ideal world, everything either has USB-C or everything just wirelessly charges, including iPads and Macs. But I, I think we're a bit far from at least those two devices gaining wireless charging or mag safe of some sort um yeah but it's exciting to see that apple is kind of moving into kind of that un more unified direction with charging it's gonna make things a lot simpler for all of us really um even though the average consumer probably doesn't care but i care so oh, oh yeah <laughs> i'm sure a lot of i'm sure you guys care as well but yeah taylor do you have any other thoughts before moving on to the next topic nope all right so, moving on, um, we are getting more rumors that the next Apple Watch is going to have flat sides. I will. I don't believe. I won't believe this until I see it because I was uh, very disappointed last time. I think a lot oh, yeah. of people were, or more shocked really than disappointed. I was like, even it was even funny how they kind of trolled everyone. They're like, oh, by the way, it's got it's the roundest yeah. apple watch we've ever made something like that is like the complete opposite of what was supposed to be um and then everybody but, and then go, go ahead but yeah guys what what do you think about about this do you think it's actually happening this time do you think it's gonna be the rugged watch or what are your what is your speculation on square apple watch no, Benji. No, no. Last week, we last year we got hoodwinked. We got bamboozled. We got tricked. 
Everybody thought that we were going to get this new flat Apple Watch last year, and Apple was like, ha, 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 look at y'all, stop playing. It's not happening. So, again, as I said earlier in the podcast, this is one of those things where not until Tim Cook walks on stage flexing his thin, uh, squarely flat-out Apple Watch will the Viper believe in a new Apple Watch redesign. But what I will say is that we are well past due for a redesign of the Apple Watch, so I think it is more likely this year. But I am not counting my chickens until they hatch in front of my feet. Well said, I agree. for sure. I I agree. Yeah. I, I honestly like. I was shocked to see um, that people like John Prosser were saying it. So many leakers were were saying, "Oh, it's going to happen! It's going to happen!" And then all of a sudden, it didn't. So, um, you know. <laughs> For it to come out this year, I really hope so because there's a lot of people talking about these leakers saying, you know, what happened, what, um, how do they be wrong, and so, um, yeah. I, for their sake, I, I hope that it comes out. <laughs> Who you knows? Know? Maybe, maybe it was supposed to happen, but then because they hit production issues and maybe COVID kind of slowed everything down, so they had to kind of go with a yeah. an easier design to manufacture. That might have been right. it, and so they just delayed the design until this year. Um, but I mean, it would be nice if we got a full redesign of the Apple Watch. We've had the same design since the original. We've just had the screen get bigger, and maybe the, the sides get a little bit rounder and flatter, but um, yeah, I think it would be cool to see a little bit of a refresh on the Apple Watch right. front. Um, but I guess you have any other thoughts? I don't um, know. It seems like, uh, it seems like last year, uh, Apple kind of figured out that they had a leaking problem, and it seems like they have made efforts to come back that leaking problem. So it seems like a lot of leakers got a few things wrong last year because Apple went out of their way to try to patch that stuff up. So it'll be interesting to see just how accurate these Apple leaks are this year because Apple is, they seem like they are actively combating them. So uh, we'll find out what happens. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Um, Taylor, do you want to move on to the next topic then? Sure. Uh, so, uh, Apple now offering refurbished 2020 iPad, iPad Air for models. Um, let me see here. I'm opening the thing. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I mean, I'm still not going to move from my opinion that the 2018 iPad Pro is probably the best iPad you can buy right now. Even better than this, yeah. just because you've got 120 hertz, you've got Face ID, you've got a bunch of other things. Yes, it's a bit of an older iPad. But I mean, if you're looking for like something that's refurbished, uh, like like this iPad, definitely go for it. Even though I think Apple also sells the, the 2018 iPad Pro refurbished for almost the same mm -hmm. price as this, if not maybe less. I don't know. Um, and it's... Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, if people want the iPad Air, if you prefer Touch ID for whatever reason, you want, maybe you want the other color options. Maybe you want it to last longer, then this will definitely be a good, be a good option for you. But Viper, what are your thoughts? So basically, I, I kind of agree with you, Benji. Uh, the iPad Pro 2018 is probably a better value at this point. And I yeah. would also say, if you want a smaller form factor, the 2021 iPad mini, even though it costs a little bit more than these refurbished models, that might be a better value as well. Smaller, it has a newer processor, and it is doing some good things as well. So you have options. It's nice to have options as a consumer 
And that's what Apple is giving up with these iPads. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I love what they're doing with the refurbished stuff as well. I think over, over the past few years, I've been doing a lot more refurbished uh, products, at least that I've noticed, like what, what they used to in the past. Um, and yeah, it's a great way for people to get into the ecosystem without having to buy brand new and without having to go in onto like Facebook Marketplace and get some dodgy seller that's going to sell them a Chinese iPhone or iPad or whatever, um, or even one that's damaged. So yeah, I'm. it's good giving people options. Definitely a great thing that Apple doesn't do very often. <laughs> Uh, but Taylor, Absolutely. do you have any other thoughts? Do you have any other thoughts oh. on this topic? No. All right, sweet. So moving on. So you guys heard us talk a little bit about tap to pay, which is a new feature that's coming to the iPhone, which is kind of Apple's alternative to things like the Square payment terminal, uh, where basically you can receive payments from iPhone and you can, yeah, from iPhone basically. So if you're a merchant, uh, or you have a small business, this is a great option instead of going and having to pay for something like a square um, card reader. Uh, you can now just use, simply use your iPhone, receive payments that way. And there, this has actually started to be uh, seen out in the wild. Uh, I think it was Michael uh, NTFTWT on Twitter. Uh, he posted a tweet where they where he was in the Apple store, basically, and the Apple store employee there received a payment through their iPhone. So it started to roll out slowly, I guess. Um, I think with iOS 15.5, I think it's supposed to come out. Um, it's supposed to slowly roll out now. So that's exciting. Uh, Viper, what what are your thoughts on, on this whole tap to pay uh, thing? Because we've, we've gotten a few thoughts from some other content creators and stuff, but we, we'd love to hear yours about, about this uh, this new service. Well, this is interesting because I feel like this is like a double-edged sword for smaller merchants, right? Because if you're using Apple Pay, if you're using this feature, you have to pay a percentage to Apple. And I think you all, they also might have to pay a percentage to a, a credit card merchant for using their credit card. So, you know, a lot of times merchants, they don't like to, to, to put themselves in position where they have to pay out fees that take away from their bottom line. But on the other hand, if you offer consumers more ways to pay, they are more likely to uh, patronize your your merchant, your 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 shop. So, I kind of get frustrated with like when I'm out in the wild sometimes, and I and I come across a business that does not have the ability for me to use Apple Pay because it's easy, it's quick, it's safest way to pay right now besides uh, any other uh, contact and payment solution. So, I kind of feel like, especially given what we've been through with the pandemic and how uh, NFT and contactless payments have kind of exploded. Since the pandemic, at least here in the U.S., I know across the world it's already been a thing, but in the U.S., uh, we were slow to adopt it into the pandemic. So the fact that Apple ha has to tap the pay feature on iPhones now uh, makes these other smaller businesses that much more um, that much more uh, convenient for users that want to buy things from them because they have the option of using their iPhone and they can pay. Again, it's easy and quick. A lot of people here in the U.S. at the very least have iPhones, so I mean, you you got that win, but. Are the merchants going to be willing to pay the fees in order to have this feature uh, at their disposal? Again, they're going to be losing money that they pay in fees, but they may end up uh, giving themselves more foot traffic. So it, it, it's all about how much how much uh, are you willing to sacrifice to potentially make more money. So it's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like Apple Pay being adopted, like or even contactless, hasn't been that big of an issue here in the UK at least. Like. I, I don't even carry my wallet around with me anymore. I think I just carry like just one card. 
but most places accept Apple Pay, but I'm sure like there are places in the US that still don't accept it. And this is a great option for not just the, the customer, but also the merchant where they don't have to go and sign up to Square or whatever. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see like what uh, how, what the fees are between um, using the this, this new contactless payment method. Um, so I'm excited to see people adopt it and, and see, yeah, what the fees are and if people are actually interested in this kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, Taylor, do you have any thoughts? No, you guys said it all. You guys said it Sweet. all. All right. Do you want to, do you want to talk about the next topic then Taylor? All right. So, um, new Apple TV to launch in second half of 2022, lower price possible. Viper, I, 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 I see that face, man. What? What's on your mind, man? Listen, man. The need for Apple TV is on the decline. If it's not already there, we're getting, we're going there. Um, I used to own an Apple TV, but when I bought a newer TV back in 2020, I would, number one, with my smart TV, I no longer needed an Apple TV because the Apple TV app is on that TV. But I'm also a gamer, so I own an Xbox and a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X. Guess what they have on them? Apple TV. So I don't need a dedicated Apple TV box anymore because I can run Apple TV off my Xbox or my smart TV or even my iPhone. And I can mirror it to the TV if I want to do that. So the need for an actual Apple TV box is getting less and less by the day. But what I will say, though, is that with these new uh, rumors of this new Apple mixed reality headset, if they somehow can integrate Apple TV or integrate the Apple TV experience into the headset, then you have my attention. But as Apple TV is currently constructed, I just don't see the need for it anymore. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I've got an Apple TV. My family has an Apple TV, but the only reason why we do is because we have a bit of an older smart TV and we haven't upgraded as of yet. Um, and I think it's it's great for those kind of people who don't, maybe don't want to go and spend money, even though like TVs are pretty cheap now. Smart TVs are pretty cheap. Um Maybe somebody who doesn't want to go and buy a new TV, they can just get the Apple TV. But as of right now, I think the price for just like the Apple TV boxes, I think is a, it's a bit it's a bit much, um, especially since like with this newer one, for example, I remember when they when they first came up with with the with the newer style of Apple TV with the serial remote, that kind of stuff. They did the whole redesign and they put a big emphasis on like, oh, yeah, you can now game on this device. And there's like the remote had what's it called like a gyroscope or whatever it like senses the like when you move it and stuff and there were there was an opportunity for like games like bowling and things like that it basically became kind of like a wii and then they released this new tv remote which i figured out by trying that it doesn't have the same sensors um so it kind of loses that purpose but then yeah as you said viper like another reason why people will buy an apple tv is for apple tv plus but now that's basically everywhere like you've got it on your on your all of your apple devices you've got it on most smart tvs you've got it on your xbox ps5 all of that stuff so yeah I, I think the need for an apple tv is is kind of going away it's in the it's in it yeah. really is declining um and it's gonna be interesting to see if apple does lower the price if it hires the demand maybe um i guess we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but taylor what are your thoughts yeah, no, I, I definitely agree um, with what Viper was saying. To me, um, I, I think with everything, I think that if you're able to get, uh, you know, an app versus a physical thing, 
Um, you know, I, I think that for me uh, would be better, you know. Um, and I know this is a bit off topic, but me as a, a console gamer, I prefer to buy the game on the system versus going out to a store and buying the game that way because I'll just lose the disc, you know, so. Or the disc gets scratched. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So I, I, I think that, um, it, honestly, if they do come out with this, there's going to be very little people that buy it. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, even now, like, you could like one of the reasons why I'd have an Apple TV is for AirPlay, but now you can literally just have AirPlay on your on on your uh, Mac. But even some TVs support AirPlay now, so it doesn't really even make sense uh, to buy an Apple TV if you've got a newer TV. So, yep, yeah, yep. it'll be interesting to see if if Apple does make any difference with this new Apple TV, and if it does sell more, I mean, good for Apple. But it, yeah. yeah, anyway. Exactly. Moving on to a little bit more of the software side of things uh, for Apple. As we're coming up to Dub Dub, we've got some really exciting, well, we hope it's going to be exciting stuff coming uh, to with, with the softwares. Uh, one of the things that Apple has, uh, they, made, they did a press release the other day talking about, well, showing some previews of innovative accessibility features combining the power of hardware, software, and machine learning. So a couple of things you can do now, or you'll be, no, not now, but you'll be able to do very soon with the softwares that are coming out later on this year, is they're going to basically add more functionality for disabled people. So for example, one of the, the things that they're showing here is with LiDAR and with the with an AR, you your iPhone will now be able to detect if a door is closed or open, which I mean... It's kind of cool for blind people. It's definitely going to be going to awesome. be helpful. Um, another thing you can now, for whatever reason, well, not now. I keep saying now, but you'll be able to uh, mirror your Apple Watch's screen to your iPhone. Don't exactly know what functionality that has. I guess you can see the screen a bit better for people who maybe can't uh, have have uh, struggles seeing the screen. Having having it shown on a bigger screen might help them. Um, and it also has. Yeah, so there's that. And there's also going to be more uh, like gestures that you're going to do with your Apple Watch, iPhone and stuff like that. So it's cool to see, like, I think Apple is one of the companies that really is putting a lot of emphasis in making iPhones for everyone kind of thing, or like their devices work for everyone, even blind people. Um, and I think it's great to see these kind of other steps, these little things that they keep adding into the software yeah. to make it better and more accessible for people to use their devices and have a good experience with it. Uh, what what are you guys' thoughts on on this announcement, and um, what what do you think it holds for the future? I guess with with Apple. Well, the cool thing about Apple is that they have always been one of the leading companies when it comes to accessibility options for their users and making their devices as easy and accessible to use to people for people as possible. Um, they have the the assistive settings on iPhone that allow you to have an actual home button, a virtual home button on iPhone for those people who need the home button. Um, Anytime you set up an iPhone, they allow you to change the 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 size of the icons and and the display in general. So if you want to make icon bigger or look more zoomed in, you can do that for people that that have uh uh deteriorating eyesight. So Apple is always they've always seemed like it, well it seems like they've always been at the forefront of accessibility for people just to make sure that their devices are compatible for the maximum amount of people to use and 
that's just something that Apple has been good at for a long time. So it's cool to yeah. see them there. They're continuously uh, upgrading and making it sensibly better for more and more people. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. And also, but before before you share anything, Taylor, I also wanted to mention uh, there's also <clears throat> another cool feature where basically you're going to have live captions. So like if somebody's having is they're hard of hearing and they're having a conversation with someone, they can see a transcription of what the other person is saying. And I think even like when they're on, on it says on, whether on the, they're on a FaceTime call or video conferencing, they can basically see live captions for for that stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, Taylor, what, what are your thoughts on on all this? Yeah, no, I, I definitely like it. Um, I so I don't know if um, you know. I know that there's like certain accessibility features on Apple Watch, but like me as a, a handicapped person that walks with crutches, I think that that would be awesome to have gestures on the Apple Watch uh, and different things that you can do. Because um, I, me myself, I sometimes I'll be walking and. Um, you know, I'll get a text message or something and quickly responding just with gestures or something would be awesome. Um, so to see that kind of thing advance would um, is definitely awesome to me. And I, I definitely want to see that advance a little bit more. Yeah. So any other thoughts before we move on? Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. All so, too. seeming as we're coming up to Dub Dub, as we said, iOS 16 is right around the corner, but mm-hmm. there's a rumor that it's expected later than usual because due to buggy software. This does not sound good, considering the past couple of years have been a bit of a roller coaster ride with bugs on iOS. Um, and of course, COVID was kind of part of that, the reason why it happened. I guess they couldn't put as much yeah. um, uh, as much work into these softwares, but so yeah. So this is just a rumor. Don't take this as fact or take it more as fiction, I guess. Um, so yeah, the iOS 16 public beta one will be pushed back uh, because of the beta buggy software, um, and of course, developer beta. I'm, I'm sure will be coming out pretty much the same time as it does every year, uh, but it's going to be buggy. So don't install it on your main device. Um, I've done it so many times as well. And I've like almost wrecked <laughs> my Mac by installing software, but yeah. So as soon as this beta comes out, don't download it. Wait for people to try it out. If you really want to try it. Um, so then they can tell you how it's going and stuff like that. But it's not a good sign that we're already hearing that it's going to be a bit buggy in the first beta. Oh, man. It's kind of funny because people get crazy when they hear about things being delayed or 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 moved back. Listen, we are talking mm-hmm. about iOS. You do not want iOS dropping in, uh, in September being a buggy mess. We've been down that road. It is not a yeah. good road to be down uh, when you have the iPhone crashing and apps not working properly because they didn't take the time that they needed to make sure that the OS was up to par for a mass public release. So if they got to move iOS 16 back a little bit to make sure they iron out the bugs and make it more usable for uh, prime time come to uh, come September, then let them do what they got to do. Delayed and better than a mess, okay? If better delayed than being a mess come September or whenever they release it down the road. So I will gladly... Uh, I, I don't really care too much about their debate release being delayed. As long as it's ready for prime time come September and new iPhone release, that is what matters most to Apple and Apple yeah. consumers. 
Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. Don't really Apple don't release a product that's uh, not ready for the public because it doesn't it doesn't end well. Good thing they didn't uh, release Air Power when they did because from the sound Damn of things man. that would not have been very good. Um, but yeah, so that's a bit about Apple news that we've had over the past week. Now we're kind of moving into Android territory. And Taylor, do you want to do you want to give us um, I guess a little snippet about what we're talking about next? Sure. So. Google I.O. highlights for Apple users sneak peek at Pixel 7, Pixel Watch, and more. So, I didn't watch the event. <laughs> did, did you watch, you watch the uh, event? Did you, Viper? I did. I Google thought, I. yep. Yeah, so you guys know yeah, more about too. this than me. I've just, I just saw the news articles. Um, but... Yeah, so I mean, some of the products they've been releasing is exciting. I like the way the direction that Google is going in terms of hardware. Mm. Um, apart from the tablet side of things, which the tablet looks like some cheap Android tablet from Wish. But um, right. <laughs> what are your what are what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on what Google released or more than released, kind of teased as well? So it's we can make fun of Google as much as we want to make fun of Google, but make no mistake, Google is at the forefront of AI technology. The Google Assistant is leads above anything else that's out there. It's crapping on Alexa. It's curb-stopping theory. It is at the top of the food chain. And every year, they make more and more advancements to the Google Assistant and just their AI in general. Some of the stuff that they showed off last week at I.O., which is incredible, they had a pair of glasses that will literally allow you to have a conversation with someone of a different language in real time because the glasses can translate what is being said in real time and allow you to communicate with that person. That stuff is crazy. They're using AI. Uh, they're putting more AI into their Google Lens uh, software. Uh, just all the other stuff that they're doing, not to mention the hardware that they announced. Uh, they gave us a sneak peek at the Pixel 7, the Pixel uh, tablet that's coming in 2023. Uh, finally, the long rumored Pixel watch is a real thing. Uh, some of the commentary behind the uh, uh, hardware was that some uh, tech pundits were a little confused that Google unveiled the Pixel 7 or showed it off because they kind of felt like that would take sales away from the Pixel 6 Pro that is out right now because we know the Pixel 7 is not coming until later this year. Um, there may be some truth to that, but like I always say, if you need a new phone, you need a new phone now, you need to get the phone now and not worry about what's coming out later. But they may have shot themselves in the foot, but I don't really think so. I think they really just wanted to get ahead of the leak because they know inevitably uh, the leaks are going to happen. So I think they just wanted to get in front of those leaks per se. I think the most intriguing thing that I'll probably announce with the Pixel Watch, uh, we've been talking about this thing for years now. And the fact that it's finally a reality, I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table with that Pixel Watch. So uh, Google is doing some good things. Uh, it will, it will, uh, we'll have to wait till later this year when everything is out on the table to see how it all comes together. But, uh, so far, it seems like they're on the right track. Yeah, I really like how they're kind of taking the Apple approach of things and they're kind of trying to build their own ecosystem. And I think, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like light years ahead of the competition in terms of AI. Um, I think it also is because of the fact of how much data they collect compared to other companies. Um, and I think it's it, it, was, it was interesting, to be honest, to see them kind of tease a lot of products like oh this is coming later this year this is coming later this year this is even coming next year i don't exactly know if that's going to work as kind of a, a marketing strategy because you're kind of hyping people up for this product now and then when it comes out people will be like oh yeah 
Google just really Google's come out coming out like, yeah, you remember the thing we showed you back in May? Yeah, you could buy it now. I don't know if that's gonna kind of like especially with the Pixel 7, but I think it also is a good idea to release these product to announce these products a little bit earlier because it does it does generate that hype, but also it kind of stops the leaks from coming out and getting people to have, I guess, different expect or higher expectations than what um google's actually going to be released i mean we've seen that with apple many times like they're like oh usbc is coming to the iphone and it doesn't come or like they're like oh square apple watch it doesn't come but google's trying to kind of um i guess control those leaks in a way uh so then people yeah. don't get that like they hire their expectations and then google under delivers those expectations but yeah it's gonna be interesting to see i, I can't wait to see the pixel watch see how it'll work um see how it'll compare to the Apple watch as well. Cause I think it's really going to be, um, an interesting watch to, to look out for, um, whenever it does come out and even pixel six, a, I think pixel six, a is going to do really well, especially the price point. Oh, it's yeah. at. When compared for to sure. like, for example, the iPhone, I see it just like completely destroys it in terms of, um, at least design and also AI and, and certain parts of the software for sure. Right. But Taylor, do you have any do you have any other thoughts about some of the products that they announced? I know you're you're really excited for the Pixel Watch yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am really excited for the Pixel Watch. Um in, in terms of design, you know, I think that it's not bad. Yes, and like I've said before, I think that the bezels are just way too chunky, way too big, way too ugly. Uh, but, you know, this is the first watch they've done. Um, yeah, uh, other companies have done better. Um, so I, I kind of expected, uh, better out of Google knowing, you know, that there were watches out there that have silver bezels and whatnot. So I don't know. But I think... The, the thing with Google, I think they more than focusing on like aesthetics and design, they're more like focusing on the functionality and the software. Um, like true, they put a true. lot of money into software as, and they don't put as much money in, I think, with hardware. Um, right. Because I, th I think fine. software is really software is really the, the big thing that's driving Google right now. Like yeah, Android is yeah. available pretty much everywhere. Everybody has Google. Everybody has YouTube. Um, they're really trying to, to push that. And with their hardware, they're kind of showing what potential it has if they had full control over everything, which I think is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as that goes, like uh, from what I've seen, I think that the software is really good for what it is, you know? Mm hmm. So. Yeah. So I guess Google I.O., exciting stuff. Uh, I didn't really see anything else apart from the hardware. I know there's been some changes to Google Maps. I think actually the next thing we're talking about, mm -hmm. yeah, um, is Google Maps is getting a new impressive immersive view, which is, I think it kind of reminds me of uh, Apple's one, but like a million mm. times better. Well, I mean, I yeah. want to say better, but it, it looks like more realistic. It kind of looks like a model thing that they've built up, especially this this video of London, it looks pretty, pretty realistic. Um, so yeah, it, I, I really like what, what Google is doing with their AI, with their software. It really is going to be game changing. Um, but do you guys have any other thoughts before we move on to the, to the next topic here? No, um, right. no, not me. 
Sweet. So, um, Google uh, has also removed the headphone jack from the Pixel 6a from the Yay. I mean, <laughs> I, di I didn't even know the Pixel 5a had a headphone jack up until I saw this article from <laughs> Mac Rumors. Yeah, um, me either. I mean, I guess, I guess it was time for it to go. I don't know how many people use the headphone jack on the on the 5a anyway. Do, do you do you have one Viper or have you had one and used the headphone jack? Uh, yes, I do have a Pixel 5a, and I have never used a headphone jack on the phone. I haven't used a headphone jack uh, in a very long time. And I think for most uh, regular consumers, the headphone jack is a thing of the past. Now, if you're like yeah. creators or if you're like hardcore audiophiles that need the headphone jack for like some type of audio creating or music editing, then yeah, of course, you're going to be mad that there's no headphone jack. But for the everyday Joe, the average show, the everyday public, and we we've been able to have phone jacks since 2016. We we we're good. We're, yeah, we, we've moved on. Exactly. Yeah, so it definitely is about time that the Google's like, nah, no more. Yeah, man, listen. You don't need I, I, I'm gonna say this. Every time, every time I go to the gym or somewhere, that I see people with wired headphones and an adapter, it's just like, why? Just buy a Bluetooth headset. You're all set. You know? It, 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 oh. People can no longer have the excuse now where, like, Bluetooth headphones are expensive because you can go on Amazon and pick a pair up for, like, 15 bucks. It's not even that. They may they may not be amazing, but they're Bluetooth I used earbuds. to have a pair for, like, 20 Actually, I do have a pair upstairs for $25. So, you know what? Yeah. There's no, excuse. I mean, they work, <laughs> they may not sound amazing, but the average consumer doesn't care really about sound exactly. quality, they just want something that, that is cost effective, that works, that'll do what they want it to do. Um, and like, yeah, I think the headphone jack, I don't even know why Google still was pushing the fact that it had one. Like, they made a yeah, it's interesting, yeah. How much so, fun they made at Apple for for removing the headphone jack, and they've now completely killed it. Rest in peace, headphone jack. Um, Sounds like another company we know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Um, sure. Our last news story of the day before we move on to a couple of questions for you, Viper. Uh, Elon Musk apparently has put his forty-four billion dollar Twitter deal on hold. Um, which Damn. I mean is interesting, and the reason why is because five percent of its users are spam or fake accounts. I honestly, I thought it might have, it probably would have been bigger, but five percent is still a big chunk of Twitter, to be honest. And the fact that they're all fake accounts, kind of weird. <laughs> not I'm good. Sorry. I, I am sorry. You are Elon Musk. You are one of, if not the richest man in the world. And you couldn't do your due diligence before considering purchasing Twitter? Like, if you're going to make a large acquisition like Twitter, wouldn't it behoove you to do a little research to figure out what you're getting before you put an offer down? I mean, it only makes common sense. Or maybe common sense is not so common anymore. I don't know. But Eli, get it together, my dude. Get it together. You got people over there at Twitter, like, worrying about their job. They're trying to leave. They're, they're, they're worrying. They're scared. They don't know what's going to happen next. And you're like, oh, the deal's on hold because Twitter has a bunch of bots. You should have known that. You are on Twitter. You don't have an excuse, Elon. You've been using Twitter for like, what, 10 years or so? I don't know how long you've been on Twitter, but he's been on Twitter a while. He is an avid Twitter user. He should have known what he was getting himself into when he was thinking about purchasing the platform in the first place. I don't understand it, though. I don't understand. 
And I think he even said like he wants to get rid of all these like crypto scammers or these bots. Like he he already knew going into this that there was going to be fake users. But then he's like, oh, actually, five percent. Uh, I don't know if I want to buy Twitter anymore. Um, <laughs> some people are saying that he's trying to avoid because like in the contract that he's signed or whatever, if the deal that if he decides to back out of the deal, he has to pay like a billion dollars or whatever. Um, some some people are saying that he's trying to avoid paying that. He's kind of having second thoughts. But I mean, personally, I think Elon's just going to go through with it anyway. Um, I think that's what kind of what some people are saying. Um, but Viper, what what are your thoughts on this whole like Elon buying Twitter thing? Do you think it's a good thing for the platform or do you think it's bad? And well, what do you think no. are going to be the effect? Of it? No, I, I wish he would have just left it alone. I don't know why he wants to buy Twitter. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. I'm not going to get into all of that. But I don't know what Elon wants to accomplish by buying Twitter. Like Twitter, it's not the perfect platform, but there is no social platform out there that is perfect. All of them have flaws. All of them have their bad actors. All of them have things that they could do better. Why are you messing with Twitter, though? Like, what, what, what are you doing here, bro? What, what are you doing? So, yeah, I wish you would have left it alone. But here we are. So now we have to see how it plays out. But hopefully, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't end up buying Twitter. I don't know. But uh, he should have just left it alone in the first place, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, if it Completely does go agree. through, it can only go two ways. It can either get worse or get better. Hopefully it gets better, but I guess we'll have to see. We'll have to see why why this whole purchase is happening. Um, and I mean, so personally, like some of the things that he's been saying that he's he wants to do with Twitter sound pretty decent. Like he wants to get rid of a lot of spam and bots. He wants to kind of make it a place for free speech because uh, a lot of people on Twitter are being censored. Um but yeah, I guess we'll have to see if it even happens in the end because it looks like it might not. But yeah. So I guess that's all the news stories we had for today's episode. And now, Viper, we, we have some questions for you that are kind of off topic with uh, kind of what, what's going on with the news. But I guess some, some of the stuff is, is still relevant today. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you is what, what are your thoughts? We, we were talking a little bit about the Apple Watch and um, even the Pixel Watch. And what what is your opinion on kind of like do you prefer a round smartwatch or a square smartwatch and why? You know, as the captain of Team Apple, I am solely in the corner of Team Square Watch. I remember when I had a uh, Samsung, I think I had the Gear S3 back in the day. Obviously, that was a round watch. And I like the watch, I enjoyed it. But one of the issues with that particular watch was that when you were trying to look at some of the text, it was cut off because of the round edges. So it kind of cut off some text. So I kind of have that experience still. Now, I know I'm pretty sure it will be the, the experience of the display and everything will be improved today on round watches, but still, I just prefer a square watch where I can get all my text without no interruptions, and it just looks so classy, so executive. So I am team square watch. Yeah, uh, same here. Like, I've, I owned an Android smartwatch, and actually, I still own one, but uh, and I used it up until a couple months ago, and having switched back to the apple watch like yeah the square watch is just so much better for viewing content on like yes i i kind of prefer having a round watch just because it looks classy it looks nice but honestly the square watch looks a bit more modern and um it, it's just more functional than than any than uh like yeah. a round watch yeah taylor do you do you have it do you agree with that or oh yeah for sure. I mean, he is Mr. Sure. Smartwatch. He better have an opinion on Smartwatch. What you got for us, man? <laughs> no, I listen, man. Um, 
I kind of, I, I love my Apple Watch, um, but at the same time, I'm kind of ready for a change. Because, um, like, there's a lot of people saying out there, you know, um, I kind of wish I had something that looks like a regular watch, you know, something that doesn't stand out as much. For me, I think that either or is fine with me. Um, but that, that's my opinion. A man whose literal logo is of a square watch is talking about how he wants a change. What is this? Like, what is the what is the podcast right now? What is going on? I don't understand this podcast. <laughs> I yeah. I I do also want to point out, Benji. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I have my logo, not the podcast logo. <laughs> not that much for saying uh, that. I it's but never mind. <laughs> Yeah. I just realized that as well. I was like, wait, that's not our podcast. Oh, well. Anyway, let's continue. Uh, so, moving on. Um, Rookie another mistake. Question for you, Viper. <laughs> another question for you, Viper. Um, so, what are your thoughts on foldable devices? Because I know you've had experiences with, with foldables in the past. Um, what, what do you think about them? And do you think they're the future? Or do you think they're kind of like a stepping stone before we move on, I guess, to the future? You know... It is at this moment right now in time that we have to pour one out from my Galaxy Z Fold 2, which I just got rid of recently. I had it for about two years. It was a lovely device. Uh, it was a glimpse into what uh, phones might be in the future. But I don't know if foldable phones are the future. I think they're more of a stepping stone into uh, to the next evolution of technology. Um, my As much as I love my Z Fold 2, over time, I really got tired of opening it up to, to get the most use out of it. Because the way Samsung designed it, that cover display was so thin and so narrow that you really can't use it for anything like hefty or major. Yeah, you can use it for like a quick glance or a quick scroll of Twitter or something like that. But using it like you would use a normal like smartphone, like an S22 Ultra or something, was just not feasible on that Fold 2 or the Fold 3 for that matter. So I don't know. Now, I know everybody is hot about this new Vivo X uh, foldable that's out. And I know that's a little bit wider with fixed cover screen, so maybe that might be more practical. But I don't know. I just think foldable phones are a stepping stone, and I don't think they're the future. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, and I like honestly, I think the best implementation of a foldable screen is something that like you can actually use the outer display, uh, and it's not like a narrow, weird aspect ratio like the Z, like the Z Fold. Um, I don't even think like the Z Flip. I don't really see how well that fits into i guess the tech world um i mean yes it's cool it, it, you just it folds in half it's kind of like more of a fashion accessory i think uh but i think like the best i think i completely agree with you like as well um it's kind of like a stepping stone to towards uh i guess ar vr that kind of future um and it's not really going to be i think i think until until foldables kind of there's less trade-offs like right now with a foldable, you trade off so many things you trade off water resistance, durability, um, like the screen inside is plastic and stuff like that. You're trading off a lot of things just to have that foldable function. I think until we, ha we kind of have less trade-offs. Uh, I think that th when we have less trade-offs, that's when foldables may be kind of more prominent in the, in the tech space. Um, but yeah, 
Taylor, do you have any thoughts on, on foldables that you would like to share with us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, at first I wasn't a foldable person, but seeing it come up more and more um, and doing very well, you know, more people buying it, um, even your average person, I think that there's going to be, you know, uh, more of a future and uh, we're going to see pretty much every company out there, which already we're seeing a lot, um, but we're going to be seeing it just more and more coming out. So I think for those like myself who didn't like it, it's just going to have to get used to it at this point, you know? Um, so is there a future? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I definitely see it growing more and more. So uh, where do you see tech in the next 10 years, Viper? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Where does Viper see tech in the next 10 years? Oh, that, that's hard to answer, man. Uh, tech advances so rapidly, but at some, uh, at some fashion, it advances so slowly. I still yep. cannot believe right now we are on, we are rocking with lithium ion batteries. I thought we would have been moved on to something better by now, but nope, we're still here. Um, mm -hmm. So in that way, I don't know, I don't know how much more advanced we'll be with battery tech because it seems like uh, companies are taking their free time or something with batteries. As far as smartphones and tech in general, though, I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be using these uh, regular slab of smartphones less and less and less. I think it could be more about wearables in the future, especially uh, given the rise of augmented reality. I mean, we've yeah. already had a few uh, augmented reality glasses out there, like Google Glass. I know uh, Facebook has, or they're not really augmented reality, but Facebook has their Ray-Ban stories. Uh, Snapchat had their spe spectacle, but those were just like early, early adopter products. But with Apple mm -hmm. introducing LiDAR on their Apple products, uh, getting all that LiDAR data, and other companies working with AR like Google and Samsung, I think augmented reality is definitely going to be much, much bigger in the next 10 years than what it is now. And it's really going to change the way that we use technology in our everyday, day-to-day -day lives. Because that's the cool thing about augmented technology. It doesn't take you out of the world. It only integrates with the world around you. So you could be wearing a pair of glasses and look at a restaurant and you can have the restaurant menu pop up in your field of vision without even walking into it or something like that. So that's yeah. where I think technology in the next 10 years, uh, more, more integration with augmented reality and, uh, and things of that nature. Yeah, and I think it's also going to be interesting within the next couple of years. Like we've got um, projects like Neuralink and things like that, where it's kind of connecting the digital world with the real world. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. I think we're going to start using these phones less and less. And uh, because I mean, as of right now, like smartwatches, or no, well, not smartwatches, but like smartphones and other tech that we use, like iPads, they're kind of. I think they've kind of reached a peak where there's not really that that much more headroom where it can go uh, there's not much improvement that can that can be made um and that's where i think ar is going to come in where it's going to kind of slowly replace these everyday items that we use and probably in the next 10 years maybe apple won't even be selling iphones anymore or at least they won't that, that won't be their main uh best selling product um i think we're really going to see that ar yeah. is really gonna gonna take um take a front seat with things uh, it's oh, also yeah. going to be interesting to see kind of car tech and see where that goes with like self-driving cars and automation. I can't even wait. home automation. But, yeah, yeah, that's another thing that you're going to see. You're probably going to see a lot more EVs on the road in the next ten years. 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like we're already, sure. we're already seeing so many different projects this year, and the I last was, couple of years. So, my my brother in law has a Tesla, and I was um, with him today, and I was just saying like we've been seeing it more and more and more, um, and I can't wait to see what what the other companies are going to do, um, and I, I can't wait to see more of these cars out there because it's going to be amazing um, because. Again, for a person with a disability like me, um, I'm not able to drive a normal car. And I think for me, I, w- I would love to to have a Tesla self-drive me, just put it into the computer, um, you know, where I want to go and have it take me there. That that would be that would be something. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing Tesla like, Teslas are everywhere here. Same with any other, like a lot of other EVs. Um, like here in the UK, there's a lot of people that are really adopting uh, this new standard that, that, that will, I guess, soon will be a standard. Um, and But yeah, the next 10 years of tech is going to be crazy. And I think it's probably going to be a bit different from what we expect. Um, oh, yeah, just like sure. always. I don't think like 50 years ago, people would, would never have guessed that we would be having calls like this live stream oh, on yeah. YouTube and like people are actually going to be able to make careers out of like just talking to a camera and showing things. And yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting, but yeah, a couple of other questions and then we're going to, we're going to start wrapping up here, but what we've got WWDC is coming up very soon. What, what do you have any predictions for, for it Viper? Anything you would like to see any features maybe in, in some of the softwares that you're looking forward to uh, at WWDC? I don't know about a uh, prediction, but I would like to see a uh, 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 overhaul of the set- uh, settings in iOS. Uh, right now, if you really want to change, and most iOS, um, yeah, most iOS applications, if you want to change the settings, uh, the settings are not inside of that particular application like they are on Android, which it makes more sense and more intuitive to me. You have to go to the general iOS settings application to change settings on a particular app in iOS, and it's ridiculous. So I would love to see Apple shift away from that and have the individual setting for an app buried or or not buried, but put inside of that app. So if I'm in uh if I'm in uh the camera app or whatever, and I want to change the setting to the camera, I can just do it from within the camera app. Or if I want to change the calendar settings, I can do it from within the calendar app. I mean, these are things that I should be able to do that just make sense to me. But for whatever reason with iOS, no, it's not that simple. So I would love to see a settings overhaul, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That that's actually yeah, a good point. Fun. I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, but yeah, Taylor, do you wanna do you wanna go ahead with the next question? Sure. So, um, Viper, I did see you nodding earlier when we were talking about this. As a console gamer, uh, do you prefer getting games on system physical copies or things like Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? I have not brought a physical game probably within uh, in the last five years. Uh, everything is digital with me. Why in the blue monkey snipple would I go to a store when I could literally go into the next room, turn on my Xbox or my PlayStation 5 and buy the game from the system? Or, or better yet, mm-hmm. pick up my iPhone, go into the PlayStation app and buy the game right there with, with in the app. Why would I, wanna, why yeah. would I drive to a store to buy a game where I could do it right from the comfort of my own home? So, I am definitely on Team Digital. Yeah. I know that there are, there are downsides to digital. You don't technically own the product. You're more like you're licensing it, this, that, and the other. It might not be available in the future, this, that, and the other. I don't care. By the time that stuff happens, the stuff will be irrelevant. I won't care. 
But right now, exactly the way I feel, I'm team digital. Let go. Not to mention, like for example, the the Xbox Series S, uh, which uh, me and my siblings we just got. That doesn't have a doesn't even have a DVD player or anything. Right. It's just all digital. Um, yeah, I think one thing that sucks about some consoles though is the amount of storage they give you. Like you have to buy expansion cards, and they those are like cost an arm yeah. and a leg. Yeah, for sure. Like the, at least the for Xbox sure. one does. But yeah, so I guess those are all the other questions. Unless Taylor, you thought of anything in the past couple minutes that you want to ask Viper? No. And my actually, I do have a question. Is there anything Viper wants to ask us? I was just about to ask that. You know what? I'm glad you asked. I do have a question for you, Mr. Smartwatch UIT. Why did you change the name from Apple Watch to Mr. Apple Monster? You meet it, Mr. Smartwatch. Apple Monster was so unique in the tech space, but you changed it. Why did you do that? Well, honestly, like, so. You know, I was Apple Monster for a little bit, and then I went to TA Tech, um, and now I'm Mr. Smartwatch. The reason I went from Apple Monster, TA Tech, whatever you want to say, um, to Mr. Smartwatch was because I feel like there's a lot of people in that space already talking about the tech news and, you know, new releases and stuff like that. Um, and my channel in particular wasn't doing good. So, um, I did kind of what you did and started up a whole new channel, um, to see where that takes me. Cause I honestly too was ready for a change and I wanted to do something different, something that not everybody is doing in the tech space. So I, I I'm hoping that this leads me somewhere. <laughs> okay. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of start, uh, starting new channel with the Benji, you yourself started a new channel as well. So how's that going for you? Uh, I mean, it would be great if I uploaded more, but no, I'm, honestly, like I've been doing a lot of uh, short form content and that's been doing pretty well. I've been getting decent amount of subs from it. Uh, I think every short has gotten over a thousand views, which is not bad considering the channel's basically new. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, I'm just currently working on basically like recording more videos and working on more on that. It's just like work and life has just been a bit crazy. So I haven't had that much time to put into the new channel but it's it's gonna be good i can't wait to to see where it takes me gotcha cool that's all i got amazing all right well thank you viper for joining us uh it's been a pleasure we've had a great conversation here at least i think um yeah definitely if you if you guys listening or watching this podcast haven't heard of viper or the man about tech before um definitely go check him out links will be in the show notes uh, or in the description where wherever you're listening or consuming this content on uh, if you guys want to follow us me or taylor links will be in the description below or show notes as well as well as all of the news articles that we have mentioned those will be linked in there as well uh, this was episode 32 of the tech unlocked podcast thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you guys next week <laughs>